The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Raising capital or taking your business to the world? Investment Fix has everything you need to make it happen. This season, we're exploring the US market, the opportunities it offers, what it takes to grow a business there, and the best way to approach investors. The Investment Fix Podcast. Tune in today. Skinny are helping you show how smart you are with the 1Q Quiz, an all-new, super-challenging and super-quick daily quiz built by The Spin-Off. Every Monday, Skinny are giving you the chance to prove you're smart with the Skinny Extra Credit question. Get it right, and you'll get the chance to score yourself some Skinny Extra mobile credit so you can text, call, or even video call your group chat and gloat about how big your brain is. T's and C's apply. The Real Pod is brought to you by our good friends at Nando's. They've got restaurants across Aotearoa, and if you order through the Nando's app, you can collect Perry Perks points to redeem for delicious rewards. Hit nandos.co.nz to learn more and start earning. Speaking of butts, can you please just sit down, dog? No, he's all good. He's part, of my, good. He's part of my breaking news. Are we today. recording all that? I no, just got recording from Speaking of Butts. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Welcome along to Silver Award winning in the inaugural New Zealand Podcast Awards podcast, The Real Pod. That's us. We won a second place award. Welcome along to it. They don't do that anywhere else, but I think like the Olympics. No, they do it in some advertising agencies, things. But you can get multiple golds and multiple silvers and so on. Just one gold, silver. Bronze, and we won for Best Entertainment and Comedy, second place. <laughs> it feels like incredibly authentically real part, that, that position. The only thing that could have improved it if we'd, would have been if we'd got third place. I actually think if we were to truly real pod it, the submission would still be sitting in my outbox. No, because then we could claim some kind of injustice right, or, yeah, or, you know, I think coming second or third, let, let's... Let's just right here and now aspire for third place next year. <laughs> my name's Jane Yee. I'm joined by Duncan Greve. Also, my dog Pickle is here. Um, I'm just saying that's, that's kind of like a just a warning in case he makes some noise or does a poo at some point. We have to do some emergency action on pod. Um, it's lovely to have you along. I'm all <laughs> under pressure. Because of the win. It's lovely to have you it along. It is lovely. That feels like the, um, that, that, that's the, yeah, that's definitely very much the weight of the award talking. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, we are brought to you by Nando's. Download the Nando's app. Do it. You can get some peri-peri rewards. I think they're called peri-peri perks, which is nice. I love a bit of alliteration. Peri perks. And uh, Nando's, we're, we're, we're in, I want to say full swing, but almost full swing, right? With restaurants and... And deliveries and takeaways and... And you can kind of feel full swing, like, coming in off the boundary. It hasn't arrived yet. Yeah. But there is full swing coming for us. I and can I, smell the chicken from here, basically. Yeah, and just be able to dine in in their beautiful restaurants, those interiors. Do you remember, like, when we first started hanging out with Nando's way back in the day, I think it was before they had that, their big glow-up. Mm. And, uh, and now, you know, like... You just miss it. Just miss miss that whole ambiance. Hey, we've also got our corn pins. Once they're gone, they're gone. They are in the country. They're going to be posted out. So if you go and order now, you won't have to wait very long at all. What's the URL, Duncan? 
the internet. Shop.thespinoff.co.nz. That'll do. Go to the spinoff, you'll find it. You'll find it. So I've got one pinned to my bag and it is gorgeous. They're really nice, eh? They're beautiful. They're they're sort of a bit... This is actually... We probably erred here in that, like, it's got this lovely Toby Morris custom-designed card that says, I'm a corny and I'm sorry, that feels like you could just sort of hand it out like a business card at, you know, events where there's clearly a big gap between you and everyone else. But this enamel badge is just beautifully made. Like some of our merch, I'm being honest, historically has been a bit ropey. We've had totes where the handles routinely fall off and whether the colour isn't kind of part of our CMYK. This right here, this this pin is unbelievable. Gorgeous. A gorgeous pin. And, 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 and you're right. Like, like it'll be one of those things where, um, you know, I'm sure that there's like – They'll be worth a lot more than whatever it is we're charging mm. right now, you know. And oh, Pickle's not happy about that. I'm not sure if you heard that. He's well, he's he's just like he's basically like sort me out with a few of those pins. <laughs> I I know what the tra- the trajectory of this investment looks like. I need to balance my portfolio. We need to get you on the um, podcast with Bernard Pickle. <laughs> Feel like that's the crossover everyone does not want. <laughs> uh, but yes, go get a pin. Great gift for Christmas. Well, as I said, once they're gone, they're gone. Cool now and you get some steak knives. All right. That's not true, by the way. That's not true. We that's, don't have any steak knives. A, no, no. Okay. Uh, what else is happening? Any other housekeeping? Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Real Pod Corner. Uh, Instagram, go to at the Spinoff Podcast Network. That's everything, I think. Let's get into some real news. start with the block. Yeah. Huge money, basically. Just so much money. So much money. I I, I found it very, um, I don't know, when you were watching it, because is it, is it okay to, to confess that you and I have both uh, had, had property transactions in the past y- year? Yes, it's, it's okay to confess that. So we know what the market is like, and it's, it's, a, it's a hell pit. And when I saw those reserves, I was just like, that's really cheap. Like Point Chev, I think, might be the worst part of the Auckland property market for just kind of completely unhinged values. I think people have all just sort of gone, I want to move somewhere where it's like a nice beachy community near the city uh, and it's kind of a cul-de-sac, like peninsula type thing. And that's Point Chev's mm. it. And so it's become just – it's had a hyperinflation even by any other standards. And, and I was like, two point – you can't just get anything for that that price. And then they all just made like – did they all make more than the previous highest ever? Oh, yeah. You know? Like, oh, yeah, by a long way, like so, by more than double. Yeah. So so I'm, you're looking at – you're looking at um, who lost on that transaction, and it's – I think it's Warner Brothers. I think, I think everyone was – ready for people to do well in this show. Maybe not that well. I think that's the problem <laughs> is that that maybe they set the reserves a few months ago or, you know, and I think there's definitely they wanted a good news story out of it. Like it, it kind of reinvigorates the franchise. It's a great way of uh, trying to get more people to apply for it. Ironically, next year <laughs> they, 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 they've they already got that taken care of. But um, but it was just just huge, 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 huge sums of money, which meant that even though this thing from a 
raw television perspective, I just lots of zooms and very few people in the same room lacked a bit there. The, the sort of electricity of what those things went for was pretty, um, made it very kind of compelling and also just like a quite a bleak story for our times. As a, a, a television spectacle, it wasn't great. I do obviously prefer the auction room environment where you've got some some two-bit actors in the crowd pretending like they're bidding. But you get like you actually see some of the the purchases, whereas this was all just reps from from the um, real estate agency. It was just it was kind of funny though. I mean, the best bit was definitely Keegan on the iPad, as if that's where he lives. Like, <laughs> and Dylan just like carrying him round, and then him floating, just suspended in the air next to Dylan mm. on the couch, and just like as if as if completely normal. Keegan's already joined the metaverse and uh, quite likes it there. Keegan might be coming to Auckland now with that win. Going to pay off his mortgage. Might be coming. Might be making his way to the O nine. Good luck getting through the border though. Well, I feel like he'd get an exemption. He's he's definitely, you know, he's, he's the kind of worker we need. He's in construction, right? That's an essential worker. That's right. We need to be able to build some more homes so that <laughs> our future <laughs> blockhouses aren't like the thick end of three million bucks. Oh, it was crazy. So I think it was like 600 and odd, six, six, was it 660? It was Very literally Kiwi number, 660. Wasn't it? it was $660,000 that Tim and Artie won, and then they got another hundy on top of that. Phenomenal uh, sums. Huge amount of money, and no one walked away with less than 400. It's just, it's bonkers. And the, the, I guess the cool thing about that is like, compared to some of the, the bleaker recent block outcomes where someone's made like a couple of hundred grand and they're really stoked and there's another team with like nothing. Yeah. You know, who, who basically got a, a bunch of like Subway <laughs> over, over three months as their, as their payment for just quitting their jobs and throwing everything in this house. Like I, the vibes were from everyone just radiant. Yeah, yeah, and, and they should be. Except for the, actually the most confronting part of it all is that I can't remember who it was, but someone said what they were going to do with the money was probably put it back into the market, as in they were probably going to go. And I'm like, oh, good luck buying a house with, you know, 250 grand. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's actually not going to get you very far, which is like the worst part of it all. Oh, so so much of it, if you were, you know, d- doing any kind of fair reading of it, is just this is really, really a, a sad indictment on our broken housing market. Um, but, but, the, fa- the fact that they that you could win, you know, th- $380,000, the winning team, and you're like, oh, that's a solid deposit, not that's a house. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, there's going to be a redemption season next year. Yeah. I'm pumped about this. Do you reckon any of this this group will... Oh, I think it's too soon. Feels too oh, soon. That would though. be so rough for them, basically been living in like a block bubble for two two years already. I wonder if that is in part what motivated them to, to kind of give away such large chunks of the profits to the winners and that if you're trying to recruit, you've got a, you've got a sort of a slightly more limited pool and that, you know, probably every season there might be one to two uh, different teams that you'd actually want back yeah. and that, that together would, would make a good electric season. And I just, you know, like I feel like if, the, if this one had been like, you know, fifty grand or something. Then a lot of those people who who are now probably just quite successful out the back of it would be like, I'm not quitting my yeah. job to risk it all for that. I know some people love being on the telly though. 
Some people just love being on the telly. Yeah, but are they the ones that you want back? Probably. Probably. Dills and Dills. I want to see Dills and Dills back. Yeah, who would be your pick? Dills and Dills. Yep. And <laughs> and just Dills and Dills, like a new format where it's just Dills and Dills? Yeah. I mean, great name for a show, you know? Straight up. The block, <laughs> Dills and Dills. <laughs> um, okay, let's move on. A Dunedin woman was taken hostage by a possum. So that we're just deviating slightly from Dunedin bird news to Dunedin. What's a possum? <laughs> Marsupial? Marsupial news. Yes. It may be the only story of this kind out of Dunedin. There are less marsupials than there are birds, presumably. Yeah, I'd say so. Anyway. Okay. A distressed Dunedin woman called police to say she was being held hostage in her northeast valley home by an aggressive possum. Probably Blind Jim from Celebrity Treasure Island. It's a long migration. It's a long migration. Yeah, they couldn't see where he's going. I guess Uh, the woman reported (laughs) that when when she attempted to leave her house, the possum would charge, making her flee back inside. When police arrived, they discovered a juvenile possum, which appeared out of the dark and climbed an officer's leg. Seems friendly. I mean, just that's not my experience of possums. They they normally try and stay steer clear of Mm. the humans. Um, it was it was released into the wild, but we. I have my grave doubts. We have a theory. Doubts, we have a theory if you'll about pardon this. the pun. Okay, so you think it's the equivalent of sent off to the farm? Yeah, it just given that these are a known pest that we're desperately trying to rid our, our country of, it seems very unlikely that any part of New Zealand's sort of official public service infrastructure would just toss it into the bush. <laughs> Okay, so the, the possum, blind Jim or not, is um, is at the farm, having a nice life, living out his days at the farm. A 105-year-old sprinter has broken the 100-metre world record for over 105s. Is it over 105s or is it centurions? It's the 105-plus category. Well, that's a very small category. <laughs> Potentially the only contestant. Julia Hurricane Hawkins of Louisiana, USA, set a record time of one minute, two seconds, 0.95 in the 100-metre sprint. And uh, she took up athletics age 80, hope for us all, and started sprinting at 100. (laughs) She's just gutted she didn't do it under a minute in her mad dash for the line. I fancy myself beating her at 100 metres, just quietly. It's not the worst time. I mean, it's not great. Well, look, it's something to aspire to, even being alive at 100. Actually, I don't think I want to be alive at 105. We'll see. Because the world's going to be fucked. <laughs> I mean, look around, man. <laughs> it's going to be terrible. No, I want to tap out like 90 or something. <laughs> I'll just put my order I in. Just, I just, the thing I like about this story is that it is further proof that basically my incredibly old people cinematic universe mm. of. Super old people, bachelor slash bachelorette, and now super old people Olympics is is something that there's a large public appetite for. You know, back to running, and this time we've got bird and old person crossover because a duck has run the New York Marathon wearing tiny duck sneakers, and its name is Wrinkle. I didn't didn't notice the sneakers. Well, I mean... Are they sneakers? It's hard to qualify... It's wearing some sort of foot covering that it's not just bare duck feet. This is a wildly cute thing. It is one of the cutest videos we've ever seen. It's got a real little waddle going. It's just real stoked. Like you can tell that it knows that it's running and that it's having fun with all its people. 
Um, didn't complete the full race, sadly, but um, <laughs> but honestly, what a thing to tell your grand ducklings, <laughs> you know? I ran the New York Marathon wearing little red shoes. Just a joyous. It's thing. on TikTok. I don't know how. I don't know how you find it. Look up Duck Marathon. Yeah, we could probably post a link in the corner. Will it happen? Who knows? Anything's up for grabs. Okay, uh, there is a man on a bizarre mission to collect a single chip from every Weatherspoons pub in the UK. You like this story? I do. Tell me about it. I just, I just enjoy acts of uh, of folly. I think in a in a world, in a world that's really like pressuring you to act, you know, like homo economicus, super rationally, having someone do something which is like almost like profoundly anti-cultural, like Weatherspoons is a loathed uh, chain. It's it's not, it's... It's just, what, what do you do with the chips? Like, every part I'll, of it is just kind of disgusting. And I'll tell you what he does with the chips. I know what he does with the chips. Tell, tell the people. He coats them in Vaseline and wax to make, make them last longer. And then he's got a book, like a trading cards book. So they've got to be, he's either selecting very flat flat chips. Are they hot chips or I'm assuming. Because they, they'd call them crisps otherwise, wouldn't they? Yeah, they would. So they're, they're hot chips. In a it's trading card book. a very book. fat binder. It is. Anyway, that is um, truly bizarre, but also, are they all over the nation, Weatherspoons? Yeah. He's getting around. Yeah, He's having a good time. Yeah, He's on it, tour, it, you know. It's like 800 or, or, or something. Lovely. Lovely. Okay. Uh, we just quickly touch on Bake Off before we have a break and go into real life because it was quite a landmark week on Bake Off. Tell me about everything about I can't do everything about it because I don't remember everything about about it. It It was fresh week, so there was lots of fruit, lots of veg. There was some pies. Veg? Yeah, veg. Veggie, veggie, uh, the technical was like a flan type thing, like a tart with veggies um, peeled and spiralled all through it. I mean, I wouldn't eat it. Really? Too many veggies. You're not? I don't eat vegetables. (laughs) (laughs) I eat potatoes. <laughs> yeah. No, like, seriously, are potatoes a vegetable? Can I, I need them to be. I need them to be, otherwise I'm Can you have gonna... five servings of fries as your five plus a day? I, or three I mean, I could, have, two bags I could of chips? have fries, chips. I really like a layered cheesy potato gratin type thing, you know? Mm, Scott potatoes? Yeah. yeah. Um, potatoes, potatoes three ways. You know, uh, all the potatoes are fine, except my mum's lumpy mashed potatoes from the 80s. Not so good. Don't listen, mum. <laughs> Don't worry. Doesn't know how. Okay, <laughs> anyway, the reason why it was so significant was Peter left, and Peter was just such a delight on the show. She was a beautiful soul. She just brought lots of her Māori culture into her cooking and then shared that with everyone. And then when she left, she sang a waiata. And it was just beautiful and sad, but so lovely. And Brett Robot, not Brett, Dean Robot Brett Schneider looked a little emotional. Robot tear? A little, little, little drop of oil <laughs> <laughs> came from his eye. Yeah, it was, um, it was really touching. It was really nice. And I'm sad to see her go. I really hope that someone gives her a bloody cooking show. Can we give her a cooking show? Can we do that somehow? Uh, the Spin Off Podcast Network. 
Or is any part any part of just maybe maybe at your house? I don't know. <laughs> Spin off Christmas party. Yeah. yeah. Well, hopefully, we get to have one. Anyway, so that was that was Bake Off. I think we're down to like five or six people. This is where you come for your authoritative. I know. <laughs> look, I have to. I, I can explain why I am the way I am today when we get to real life. Okay. okay. Which we're going to do real soon, just after this break. Scientists are leading the conversations about the future of Aotearoa and the biggest challenges of our time, our land, ocean and climate, our physical and mental well-being, our food health. It's never been more important to understand science. At the University of Otago, you'll study alongside world-renowned experts and researchers. Explore your postgraduate options now. He heringa tangata, he tsuhura kōrero. Find out more at otago.ac.nz slash pgsciences. We just had a real quick korero on the break about how we are flat as potato chips in a binder travelling around the UK. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just hard to steep into the year. It is, yeah, and it's getting muggy. It is. It's getting muggy. I actually like that. And uh, I had a big morning. Do you want to hear about that? Yeah, I want to hear about everything about your big morning. Okay, so I woke up four in the morning. Oof. Rough. I probably didn't get to sleep till gone midnight. Woke up four in the morning. Lay awake for two hours and then went, I am going to go for a walk. What? I know. I know. I Instagrammed my adventure and <laughs> some cornies DM'd me and were like, are you okay? Like, no context. Just like, are you okay? What is happening? Like, no less than three messages from people saying, <laughs> like, wondering what I am doing. It's really, really good. Exercising. <laughs> Your behaviour. <laughs> that exercising is so aberrant that it requires... A chicken. Okay, so I took Pickle and we wandered up to um, to Big King, which is like a, it's a little mountain in Three Kings in Tamaki Makoto. What a cool name. And it's a it's a, an off leash dog mountain, right? So lots of lots of dogs and people out. I got up the top there, and of course I did my my Insta story timestamp so everyone knew that I was up the mountain before seven in the morning. And we came across this other little dog. And it was real cute, and it just followed us around for ages and ages. And there's obviously lots of dogs around, so I didn't think much of it. But then by the time we went to leave, dog was still with us and no owner in sight. And then these other dog people were, like, milling around going, oh, no, I've never seen this dog before. Give you 500 bucks for it. I, I wish you'd said that hours ago. I really do. Anyway. Maybe I was dog. like, they've started talking about, oh, well, maybe we could take it. I'd call some of the council and da, da, da. And I was like, I'd, in my head, I was like, don't say it, Jane. Don't. Do not say it. And then I said it. I said, I'll take it home. <laughs> Jane. I'll take it home. I'll pop it up on the community Facebook group. And then. What, what, what is this sweet little dog? What, can I get more information? Oh, it looks a bit like, like a skinny Benji type thing. Yeah, what? What? I mean, dog. I've heard, Type, mm. Mm. and so uh, I didn't have a lead, so I had to fashion one out of my my bag strap, and then <laughs> he was getting on really well with Pickle. It was fine, and he started really pushing, pulling on the lead, and getting all tangled up. And so I had to walk like twenty five minutes home from the mountain with these two dogs going crazy. Of course, he took a giant shit on the way. So then I had to clean well, up his poo. New, new dog did. New dog, yeah. 
And then uh, I had an, like a really embarrassing tangle with the dogs because I clearly could not control him. And I just, and it was at the intersection, you know, there was like cars all piled up on their way to work. You've really learned your lesson, haven't you? I have really learned my lesson. Never walk. Don't ever walk. That is, and it's exactly right. And, uh, and, and the worst bit is I lost my homemade beautiful linen mask that I, I made out of some Juliet Hogan pants that got a hole in them. Um, in the scuffle because it was in my bag and I, they, they were all tangled up in the poo bag and then and I, I dropped my mask and then I got home, put it up on the thing. Someone came and got him. Done. Wow. Yeah. What a morning. What it a was saga. a huge morning. It was a huge morning. You've really lived and you, you just kept the lid on that because you've been in the office a little while. Yeah, and, I was saving uh, it for the pod and I'm not ever walking again. <laughs> no, I think that's pretty strong message from the world about what happens if you do. Dog's called Paddy, by the way, in case you're wondering. Paddy. Yeah, he's lovely. Oh. Lovely, yeah. I'll never see him again because I'll never walk again. <laughs> I'll never walk again. Do you want to do one of your your ones? What, what or are my do you ones? just like run through my real life and then go through your real life? Tell me one of mine. Okay. Um, you're here. Your hair's getting long. Yeah. And you've started washing it. I have. I, uh, I, I don't know... I don't know if I'm going to keep washing it. In a fit of nostalgia, I listened to an old real pod, and it happened to be the one where you talked about, like, washing your hair with a bar of soap and it being a grief family tradition (laughs) (laughs) and only doing that once a year. Yeah. But you've washed your hair twice in the last two weeks. I have. With? With? Shampoo. And just shampoo? Conditioner. And conditioner? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You've changed. I have. I mean, on one level, that sounds like me getting sophisticated, but my hair is very long and very curly and very grey. And in my mind, I feel calm and like I'm sort of in control of the situation. But I know that visually I don't appear in control of anything much. Do you think you're going to keep it? I'm going to keep it for summer. I mean, that seems backwards, but sure. And I'm gonna I'm gonna get a haircut. I, I, I booked a, a haircut for uh, on the assumption that we're allowed to get haircuts again. I have this <laughs> very lovely and very old barber who I may have discussed, but he's got a very safe out, he, outdoor setup anyway, and it's very much a an opt in for him. Um, and so, assuming that that's allowed again, I'll be I'll be doing that early December. But I want to leave it long on top and just sort of see what happens because I don't think I'll ever be here again. There won't ever be a sort of socially acceptable way to do this for me. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm finding it kind of liberating. I'm used to it now. I think it's going to be weird when you chop it off. And I think it part, part of that is just we, we, we've seen Toby Manhire out of the building, right? Yeah. Um, he's now editor at Larging. Yeah. He is at Large. I, I saw him. Yeah. At large. It's larging, the other day. larging it up. Uh, so we need that sort of mop of hair. Yeah. I mean, Mark Kelleher, spin-off GM, yeah. has, has got got a real strong mop. He's got much tighter curls than me. Toby Morris. I uh, he's doing pretty well. I has got gorgeous locks. Gorgeous locks. Uh, Toby Morris got a monster yeah. mop. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sort of join. I'm, I'm applying for a junior membership of that cabal. Okay. Basically. Okay. All right. Well, I think you should keep it anyway. Thank you. Um, my kids are going back to school, which is great. How many days you get? <laughs> okay, two days a week. Are they same days? Same days. They've oh, done well, it. They've, they've done it well. Good. They've done it well because they've done it in house colours. So, and all the, the the kids are in the same house, right? So that's nice and easy. 
The thing is, I did the math on it. How many days you got? Seven till the school holidays. Yeah, we got that. I, <laughs> I got the kids half time. Joel has them the other half time. Three and a half days. Hey. I've bought myself three and a half days. Three and a half days you didn't have last week. You'd be grateful, <laughs> Jane. Before what? Six weeks of holidays. Hey, at oh, least you don't have to teach them anything during those six weeks. I haven't taught them a fucking thing this whole time. Well, you know, I'm you, sorry you have, for the you, swearing. You, you don't have to feel bad about it. Not th- I'm hoping that you haven't been feeling bad about it, but you know. Of course I've been feeling bad about it. I've been feeling bad about not being able to do work properly. I've been feeling bad about not feeding my children vegetables. I've been feeling bad about not... I mean, I turned out all right, though, without vegetables, didn't I? Sort yeah, of, well, mostly. potatoes, so... Yeah. Yep, they all eat chippies. So, yeah. you know, they're fine. They're fine. Fruit is close enough, you know? That's actually really close. That's better than Vivian just eats chicken tenders. I remember, yeah, I mean, we have that too, right? But I remember one time reading an article where it was like, don't freak out if your kids don't eat veggies. Don't create like a weird acrimonious relationship with veggies for them. Fruit has heaps of the nutrients that veggies does. And I was like, that is all I need to hear. Yeah, stop reading anything after yeah, that. grapes for dinner, you know? <laughs> and I'm not even joking. Um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so COVID sucks. 21.5 hours reprieve. Uh, is what I've got before the school holidays. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's not enough. I love my children. I don't want people to listen to this and think I don't love my children. Especially. You can love your children but really not want to be around them 24-7 for your entire future. Thank you. appreciate that. Tell me about the cricket. Oh, yeah. I almost don't want to – I wrote this yesterday. I I got up early and I watched the um, the cricket. Did you get up to watch it live? I, I, I watched it a little bit tape delayed with, with some fast-forwarding involved. Uh, I when I was younger, I used to be like an obsessive um, cricket fan to the point where I'd even watch domestic cricket, which is you know, only very strange people do. And as I've got domestic older, test cricket, no domestic like four day cricket. That's t- is that not test cricket? No, test cricket's only international five days. Oh my god! I'm learning this for the first time. <laughs> I just thought it was like that's a like, genre like, of the sport that, like, yeah. Well, it put, kind of is, but but I mean, it's, it's almost synonymous. But they would call that first class cricket, and then there's the different forms. Anyway, so much to learn. And I and and lately, I've just got less and less time in my life, and my proper engagement with cricket has has diminished somewhat. But there's like a hardcore of really like intense cricket fandom at the spin-off. Uh, shout out to the offspin, Simon Day, um, and. And I, wa- I came into the office and watched the the last day of of our famous victory in the test uh, in the, the the test championship. Yeah. Came into the office and watched the agonising draw in the uh, in the one day World Cup a couple of years ago, and this one watching it alone without the without the strong vibe of the office. Around me, I just always had a bad feeling, and, and so it proved. You always feel responsible, don't you? You sports people, like that if you'd done something differently, yeah, that yeah I the do. Result I do feel like different. it's very cosmic. Like there's there's some kind of very delicate equilibrium. You mm. have to you have to play your part, and, and that's why it's always optimal to watch live too, because if you're going to have a positive influence on the result, well, this you is have the to worst be doing part. And this is the worst part. What happened is that I was watching it delayed to the point where I think I was maybe like. 20 minutes I'd caught up to within 20 minutes by the end and I it was starting to be obvious which way the wind was blowing and I thought oh, I'll just do some emails in between overs and then I got like a press release from the government saying well done the boys or something some kind of banality that made it clear from the subject line 
that's not the one you send when we win. And uh, hang on, why is this? Why is the government? Press I don't. Rele- I don't think the government should be doing that. What well, is it? Just like a feel-good press release? They do that kind of stuff, but but and and I so, so I sort of understand it, but I, I feel like they should have a like a warning contained spoilers or something. Yeah. Well, maybe I shouldn't be on my emails. I don't know. I just felt the whole thing it's, felt kind of terrible by that all point. A spoil, like protecting yourself from spoilers is a very hard thing to do. There's so much different media that's out to get us, us mm. humble, delayed watchers. It's just not worth it. you got to be basically got to hide yourself in Jason Kirsten's arc. And I mean, you got to do that full stop. Got to do that full stop. I hit the shops, sort of, for Did the you? first time. What would you do? I went to shampoo and things, got myself. <laughs> Why is that so good? <laughs> I've been. I didn't even know that was a shop. That seems too niche. It's, it's like it's a it's a Rodney Wayne like, um, it's like the little retail of hair product shop thing. I could have. God, guessed that, that doesn't even make sense that sentence. But you know what I mean. It's a shop just with shampoos and conditioners. You get all the salon stuff and all that kind of thing. Now, I like. I've been using the same shampoo for forever. And I ran out of it during lockdown and ordering it was just, I don't know, I kept thinking, I'll just get some from the, I'll just take, I'm just going to have to get some from the supermarket, like a normie. And then, uh, and then I just sort of never really got round to it. My hair just got like ratty and disgusting. And so I was very excited to be able to go and buy my one litre bottle of shampoo and big one litre bottle of, <laughs> of conditioner. And then I went from that shop, this is in a mall, I wandered around to Stevens and bought ten teaspoons. What? Why do you need all those teaspoons? Because teaspoons, like hair ties, vanish. They just vanish. Yeah, they yeah, vanish. They yeah. just disappear. Go in the lunchbox, and the kid just puts them in the bin with the yogurt. Yeah, unopened. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. Uh, teaspoons and shampoo and conditioner. Have you been to any stores? Yeah. Where'd you go? I went to Bunnings. And uh, I had a great time. I was. Like hardware type stuff is probably the the category I've most wanted during lockdown. Yeah. I've done two hardware store orders. I'm trying to like rebrand as like a gentleman farmer. <laughs> <laughs> it's really not going very well. Can we so, start so, a gardening so, channel in Slack? Yeah, okay. I'd really like to. It's not very plausible, but it sort of cracks me up, so I'm <laughs> leaning into so. it. Just do Farmville. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and I bought like a... A bunch of stuff, and honestly, just the the experience of it was like quite um, emotional. Yeah, I'm just in a shop again. I really struggled with. Uh, I walked in, <laughs> walked into the shampoo shop, and was like, the lady was like, "Oh, hello, are you just happy to even look around?" I was like, "I don't know how to do this." It was the first thing that came <laughs> out of my mouth. <laughs> I'm always trying to like gag with people, and it just, but it was you know, ninety percent genuine. <laughs> I, like, I don't know how to talk to people anymore. I, it was yeah, and then I and then I did the exact same routine when I went into Stevens. <laughs> Stevens lady, much more receptive. <laughs> she had a giggle with me, but yeah, it was. It, but, but there was a, it was kind of a weird thing where it looked like everyone had just emerged from the apocalypse. <laughs> was like this wandering on, around? This is at St Luke's. Were you doing it on day one? Uh, uh, no, it wasn't day one. It was it was a Saturday though. I think I think it was like the oh, the yeah. first weekend day. So I, I did Sunday evening. So by then all of the 
most of the, the shopaholics had already got their mm. fix. Mm. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think if I'd gone in prime time, it would have been more unnerving. It was super quiet, though. There was no one in either of the shops that I went into, but there were quite a few people wandering around the thoroughfare. But they all looked confused, like they'd all forgotten the map, you know? Yeah. They'd forgotten where the shops were. They were disoriented. Um, it was real weird. I was, I was in and out in five minutes. Yeah, yeah. Well, it doesn't. It's not an era that lends itself to. No, there's <laughs> it's no just, more just ratting. Out. Yeah, yeah. No, um, but but I remember like when we first like went to a shop or a bar after the 2020, the big 2020 lockdown, and it felt so alien. And then within a few weeks, you're just you're super chill about it again. So I'm hopeful that the the different dynamic now is that there is it is legit out there, and it's it's always going to be out there. But I don't know. Yeah, it's going to be weird changing from that psychology of it's out there and I want to avoid it completely to it's out there and we can't avoid it any longer and we have to kind of resume some sort of normal life when we can and. I don't know. Is it a switch? Is it a switch or is it like a frog in water? I think it's a frog in water. Mm. Um, finally, the last thing we're going to talk about today is Taylor Swift's version of her Red album. Mm. You need to give a little context for those who aren't Swifties, which is almost no one, like in terms of why she's re-released. Okay. So so basically Taylor Swift's got the, – the, in music there's a thing called publishing, which is uh, – Basically, the the oh man, how deep do we have to go with this? We don't have to go that deep. Basically, she had the the publishing rights. She didn't have the publishing rights to her song. Uh, Big Machine was her previous record label. Scooter Braun somehow got possession of them. Scooter Braun is Justin Bieber's manager, famously. And uh, and between him and some private equity money, they took possession of her catalogue. And then Taylor Swift, who I think is like underrated. I I like. I love Taylor Swift. I, I am unapologetic about loving almost everything about her. I think she's so fascinating. She's such a great songwriter. but And just like a crazy good business mm. person. And I think this is the th- – so, so you can analyze these Taylor's versions on two levels, right? Analyze them as uh, creative works, which I think they hold up incredibly well and we'll get to. But the audacity of this as a business – like bit of snooker because this is like real money. So this is her inviting people to listen to her version of the record. She's been very open about what's taken place, about the fact that Scooter Braun has the rights to to her music, and that she's not making money off the publishing from there. And she's like, and they spent three hundred million dollars acquiring this stuff, and then she had to spend no doubt like a shitload of money re-recording what are sort of on some level their note for note recreations of, but they're also unmistakably but tangibly better than the originals and and then just puts them out into the marketplace and says, you do you. And yeah. people are just, you know, like her fans are probably more likely fans of her than fans of Scooter Braun plus some <laughs> private equity money. I'm just guessing. The, the interesting thing will be like, you know, if you're a – you know, a big movie and you need it, or an ad and you want a Taylor Swift song, you can either buy the the private equity version or the Taylor version and one I would think will be cheaper than the other, but also the fan reaction to you buying the this, this sort of compromised scab version will be quite <laughs> different. Um, so there's all that stuff which has many layers of, of fascination with it. But then there's the actual sound of them and 
I don't know. What, what do you think of it? Because you're you're a, you're a reasonably. I'm a I'm a sort of Swifty. I'm not like a diehard Swifty, but I've been to her shows. Um, I worked to a couple of her albums when I was working at Universal Music, so I'm I'm reasonably familiar with her. Not her personally, obviously. I mean, it's good Scooter Braun though. Did you? Yeah. What's he like? I mean, he seemed fine. I, there was no indication of what was to come. <laughs> it was nice enough. Um, but, yeah, this album is a funny one for me, the Red Album, because it takes me back to a time of a breakup that it, it, it's unreasonable that it should because the breakup happened years prior to this album coming out. But what the themes on the album reminded me of that breakup, which was a really hard one. And so... With the re-release of this album, or the Taylor version release, I've been facing some emotions. Some, like, 14-year-old, not 14-year-old me, but, like, emotions that are 14 years old. Wow. Yeah. I mean... Especially uh, All Too Well. All Too Well is... She's just a very good lyricist, and because it almost feels like she has relationships to get more material for music, which is kind of fucked up thing to say, but also... I don't know. That doesn't feel like an unreasonable thing to say about um, Taylor Swift as well. And you know, this this album I think is her best set of breakup songs and probably her best um, record overall. Even though I've got more affection for for Fearless, probably. But um, yeah, it's it's like astonishingly good. Mm. And she's released a ten minute version of All Too Well with a short film, and ah. Uh, you got to watch it. I don't know. Again, I don't know if it's just I'm like, it's locked down and those old emotions. It was pretty, it's a pretty touching watch. And so All Too Well is supposed to be about her relationship with Jake Gyllenhaal? I mean, it seems very clear. She references like that you were a little boy with glasses and, and he's, you know, a few years after the original release posted a photo of him as a kid and he had these, these specs on and it's all it's all very Jake, you the, know? The... the <laughs> The way that you get just torn apart by a Taylor Swift song as a as an ex of Taylor Swift is it's real caveat emptor <laughs> with with a relationship with her because you are going to you are going to suffer like Ryan Adams did when Phoebe Bridges came, you know, like it's a real high grade new king. And it's gonna be as well, it's like it's you know, she might not ever come out and say what it's about, but it's not hard. It's never hard to figure out. No, it's 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 super fun. But no, the the whole thing, everything about it, and the songs, like I say, I think that they they sound better. That they they're just like a lot more. The especially the the like the Max Martin singles, which I didn't care for too much at the time. But there's something about the re-recordings that's just got a bit more of a bridge to the rest of the music that makes them more um, accessible. But yeah, lo- love this whole plotline. Um, our mates at Siska just recorded a two-part episode diving super deep into um, the modern history of Taylor Swift, as they call it, oh, as well amazing. as like a super in-depth breakdown of all of the rights and royalties, oh. nuances. Uh, the most interesting part of which I thought was that Scooter Braun is the guy who, with his private equity people, acquired the rights to um, Taylor Swift's back catalogue, was... Uh, yay, formerly known as Kanye West's manager at the time of Kanye West becoming embroiled in the famous scandal where he um, famously released the song with the line, I feel like I made that bitch famous. Yeah. And presumably Scooter Braun had a massive part to play in masterminding that whole shit show. I'm going to stop showing off that I met Scooter Braun, by the way. 
I don't think it's. I, I think it's like. It's just a statement of fact. Yeah. It's no for reflection on you. I just think it's just like an incredibly fascinating and very like legitimate reason for her to then exercise her mana yeah. as a songwriter and artist and, and reclaim something that is being lauded over her by this fucking horrible dude who. Anyway. It's, uh, it, it, yeah, totally. It, it, it just felt like, you know, because it's very easy to make fun of Taylor Swift and just be like, oh, you know, this is this privileged white woman kind of. But. When she makes these moves, they're incredibly innovative conceptually and they become available to the whole world. And what she is fighting in terms of like the, the you know, because you sign those deals when you're a, you're a powerless artist, like and almost invariably you sign away your publishing when you've got nothing. And the fact that she, now that she has everything, just goes back and is like, you think that you had me back then, but I'm going to show you. And I think she, she would have, re- I mean, even in an era where music rights are just going to crazy levels. I think the fact that she is, you know, this this kind of will put tremors through any kind of hostile acquisition of of rights to, to a catalogue. It's just, it's beautifully destabilising. There was a long time where she wasn't on Spotify too. That's right. Yeah. What is a podcast called that is the fold but music? Because we just did that. <laughs> we just did that. I'm sorry, this, that's like, I have to say. I'm so, weird, t- so, I'm so yeah. tired. I know, it's a weird episode. It's a weird episode. It's a weird episode. Thank you for making it all the way to the end of it. Well done, you. Thank you to Nando's. Yeah. Um, just, I'm, I can't bloody wait. Is the, are the blockhouses in Nando's delivery range? Because that surely would affect the value. I reckon in peacetime St. Luke's would make it there. Yeah, yeah. But St. Luke's is one of the it's one, one of the, the ones that's ones. it's one of the ones that's going to have a glory return gone. glorified return. There's new Lynn. That would that matter? Oh. That's anyway, a real if you, if, yeah. Anyway, look, it definitely would have it would have affected the house prices one way or the other. If you can't yeah. get your delivery of Nando's to Point Chev, then those prices were low <laughs> that they sold for. And if you if you can, then that was the exact value. Screaming bargain, okay. <laughs> Okay, all right then. Thanks, T.I. here. Thanks, Tara. Thanks, Duncan. You've got dead eyes I right am now, Jane. not alive. Thanks for joining me for my funeral. Goodbye. Bye. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, Jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Talo for lover. I'm Madeline Chapman, editor at The Spin-Off. If you have the means, consider supporting our high-quality journalism by becoming a Spinoff member. Sign up now at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spinoff Podcast Network.